Hello, everyone, and welcome to Number Nine Talk with my guests Stu and Steve H. I wasn't expecting uh, Steve H to be on tonight, but a nice surprise for me as well. Thank you very much, Steve, for coming on. No uh, just going just gonna to run my VT now. Just have Very high tech. <laughs> Good, yeah. But the only, th the only thing is, it stops very abruptly. Bro, I've got another one later because it's, um, I'm doing another show and my wife will be involved in that one as well. So. I will run that VT late. <laughs> anyway, lads, thank, thanks, thanks for coming in, and um, thanks for being supportive during my time at the moment. Uh, I was in between minds whether to do this tonight, but it keeps my mind happy and, and involved as well. So th thanks very much. Right, so we'll start off just, just on the note. Newcastle United at the minute. A, a lot of that kind of say it's shite, but there you go. You know, over to Stuart, you know, give your background as and your, your I can't tell you properly, Doc. Can you hear me? Yeah, well, I can't, it keeps like getting interference, but I think I've got the gist of your question what's the current situation with Newcastle? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, so I, uh, I wrote a few things down and I tried it because I work in sales, as you know, and I was, I was trying to use some similes to like what I say to the team I manage and, and you know, every team's as strong as its weakest link sort of thing. But then you start thinking, are the players only as good as the coach or is the coach only as good as the players? You know, and that's in no way, shape or form a sign of defence for Steve Bruce because we all know these players can play a hell of a lot better. We've seen them with their predecessor. We've seen the ones that have been brought in at other clubs. So, in my opinion, the book firmly stops at the foot of the current coach. That's the problem. It's, it's a lack of belief in the players and... It harks back to the Rude Hill Alan Shearer scenario. Now we've all posed, I think. Uh, harks off back to the Rude Hill Alan Shearer scenario where Hullet was telling them that he was a better player in his day. And, you know, and you can, you can only tell someone that they're not good so many times before they start having a bit of doubt in the mind, no matter how good that person is. But when you have it on a weekly basis, your manager telling you that you're not good. You know, and you're the problem and he's not the problem. And we all know what happened. And hello, Spenny, how are you, man? All right. I have four of us days, aren't we? Yeah, he is, aye. <laughs> so they, then Bobby Robson came in, and we all know that he told Alan Shearer he was the best striker in Europe, if not the world, and he was going to build a team around him. And the shackles were off, and he scored five on his first game for him. So the, the coach is the problem, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, what about you? I know, know you like a rant. Let, let, let's have it. 
I try not to rant on Sundays, I tell you. <laughs> no, I mean, let's face it. Uh, I think Stu's hit the nail on the head there. I mean, uh, we, we've all seen these players perform over over a number of years, as Stu says, from different clubs or playing for us. Um, and I, I personally think that, you know, you look at you look at the managerial situation at Newcastle, you look at you look at the results, you look at the way things have gone over the last 18 months. And Bruce is just simply not producing the goods. He's not he's not performing um for his players as much as anything, not necessarily for the fans, but for his players as well. He's there, there's there's something seriously missing. Um he's he's suddenly lost the ability to motivate them because that's pretty obvious on on Saturday's game and previous fixtures that we've had. Um why why has it come to that? Is is Bruce's uh in Bruce's tenure, what what what's he actually done uh football wise? And you look at his you look at his managerial career and um it's 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 going to shape. It's exactly as, as it has been at most of his other clubs. You know, you look at his win percentage, it hovers around, you know, between 35 and, and 28, 27, something like that. Um, and, and we're slap bang in the middle of that as well. So, you know, you, you have to you have to question why he was given the job after Rafa, and and so you have to question the people who gave him the job. Uh, but you also have to question the man's ability since he's taken the job. Um, people would argue that he got a, what, 40, 40 odd points in his first season, uh, 44, 45 points. Um, they would look at that, and you think, and and we all will always get the comparison of, uh, well, he's done exactly the same as Rafa, but I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with those comparisons. I think you know it's like, it's like comparing a, a, a duck and an egg in in a way because you know that eventually that you know that the egg becomes the duck. You know, it it it, it hatches and it matures. But the way that, the way that's playing with Newcastle United at the moment. Uh, Quite sadly, is that uh, that he's he's lost the plot. He's 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 been caught out. He's been he's been sussed out. He's always been one of these managers whose whose advert has been that he doesn't believe in coaching. He doesn't believe in tactics. He said that himself. Um, and if ever there's a group of players who are crying out for some some decent coaching and some tactics, it's the ones that we're seeing on the pitch at the minute. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Steve. It's it's. What you can see from Bruce when he does his, his pre-match and post-match, he just looks loose. He looks like a man defeated as well. Uh, Spenny, over to you. What can I say about Steve Bruce? Other than shite. Simple as that. Unbelievable. Well, how was he getting that job in the first place? Cheapest option, obviously. Supposed to be in the 14th man or 11th man and whatever it was in line to get the job because the other people rejected it. We don't know if that's true. Do we for certain? For me, he's lost the plot. He's lost the dressing room. He's lost everything. How the man, that man's a coach, I do not know. He doesn't make a substitution until it's, he never makes a substitution in the first half. Even if you say a, a player jumped up and down and with one leg left, he still wants some of them. So he's behind control like now. Yeah. I don't know why he's still yeah. in the job. Thing is, I mean, you look at his stats in the Premier League. What is it? 20, 28% win rate, which is, is no good for any club at all, is it, Spenny? No, it isn't. Well, 
didn't help him managing them over there, like, but he's not even your cost of support, if you ask me either. No, the no. thing is, Spenzo, if you, you you mentioned there that he was the cheapest option, but he wasn't the cheapest option because we actually paid for him. You know, we actually yeah. shelled out money for him. You know, he, he was already in a job at, at Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday, and and we paid them a, a substantial amount of compensation to get him. So he, he wasn't going to pay though, was he? He was yeah, going to take the blood. Yeah, but it wasn't a cheap option, was it? So yeah. you know, if we paid if we paid something out, it's not necessarily makes it a cheap option. Yeah. What it makes, and you're right, in, in so much as from what we gather, he was a eleventh choice. Yeah. Um, that means that ten other people turned it down, or it didn't it didn't meet they didn't meet the criteria that the owner was looking for, or that he that that his the people that he's got running the football club on his behalf are looking for. Um, so you have to question that as well, but you know what we need to do is, and, and we can we can harp on forever in a day about about whether he's suitability for the job, um, but the the facts speak for themselves. The performances speak for themselves. We've gone eight, we've got we've picked up two points out of the last thirty in the Premier League. We've been sitting on nineteen points, um, and we're in a relegation fight. And there's nothing that we can see. From Steve Bruce's body language, his persona, or the words that are coming out of his mouth that tell us that he has the ability to get us out of this dogfight. I think the only thing that we can hang on to is that we're seven points clear at the moment of the relegation spot. Mm. And we need and you could always argue that a club, some club somewhere will have a blip. I mean, are we having our blip now and will that blip continue or will somebody else have a blip? And there's usually the third club that slides down, isn't there? There's usually someone gets caught out. Mm -hmm. But this season is so strange. I mean, we've got Leicester for the second time in four years, potentially looking as though they could they could steal the, the, the premiership. Mm -hmm. You've got Manchester United, who only a couple of weeks ago, we were being told, was probably the worst Manchester United team that had been seen for years and years, and they're sitting at the top of the league. We've got Liverpool, who were playing people off the park, who cannot buy a win. And we've got Man City, who are struggling to, to beat Cheltenham Town in the FA Cup. You know, it's the, the whole season. And, and mm. I'll, I'll ask you three lads, do, do you think that that's because in all the scenarios that I've put together, the lack of supporters in the ground is affecting the game to the point where we're in that situation where a Leicester could again, this was a, remember, this was a once in a generation situation that a Leicester could win the league and they could potentially win it again. They're looking very, very strong. Mm. Um, but you'll notice, they're, I think they're unbeaten away from home as Manchester. <coughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. What does that say about the players? Are the players starting to lose, lose the, the confidence? Are the players starting to lose interest playing in front of empty stands. There's lots and lots of scenarios that you could throw up there, guys. Mm. And I think, you know, let, let's explore that. Let's, I'd like to hear what your opinions are on that because I have my own opinion, um, as you can imagine, because I've got opinions on everything. But in this particular instance, I think, we're, I think we're in a freak league. I think we're in a freak season and we're in a freak league and we're seeing freak results and freak performances from, from what I think on paper, are decent players at Newcastle United. Yeah. But something yeah. isn't making them gel. Something isn't getting us the results that we need. 
It was only a couple of weeks ago that I thought, you know what, we're hovering around tenth, and we could with the two with the two games that we'd lost early in the season. I looked at it. I thought, you know what, if we just managed to get results there, we'd have been sitting there fourth, fifth, top. Mm. Now looking at it, just a few, just like what two months later, and I'm thinking relegation, relegation, relegation. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that, Steve. It, it's. Uh... No fans in the stands can play its part. You know, there's no one roaring on these players. You know, they can become quite comfortable in the positions they are. Uh, but then, is it down to the manager to, you know, give give them that confidence to give them that drive? You know, you, you've got a question there from, you know, Jonathan. There under Bruce, we're scoring less goals and conceding more. He's completely inept and tactically doesn't have a clue. Yeah. We can all say that, but you know, I, I agree with what Steve's just said there. It's you know, ev everything is is playing its part. You know, COVID and having no fans as well. Uh, but Bruce has to go, as as far as I'm concerned. You know, I, I did tweet out earlier on. He, he does have to go. If we stick with Bruce any longer, it's going to be we're down the pan, really. Uh, over, over to you there, Stuart. Well, just to add on what Steve, the question that Steve asked is, to me, any performance judged activity, whether it be sports, sales, sex even, it's, it's down to two things, and it's pitch and attitude. And the pitch is like your ability and your attitude is quite self-explanatory. And I don't think that the players are encouraged enough or they're not getting trained enough. You, you can see there's no, never mind there's plan A and plan B, but there's no cohesion between them. There's no familiarity. And you watch the other teams, the teams like we mentioned there, like the Leicesters and that, they'll get the ball and without even lifting the head, they know where someone else is. And Newcastle aren't playing anywhere near a settled side and they haven't played a settled side for, well, without even mentioning it, but without, since the, probably the previous manager. And it's just a case of, I don't know, throw enough shit at the wall, some will stick, or that worked. And I think it's something that the Steve Hasty mentioned on one of the shows that he did with the three amigos. It's like, oh, well, it worked for this game, so that means it'll work for the next. No, it doesn't. You're playing different teams, you have different formations, different styles, and it shows a, a lack of ability to change and it's just like well I might have struck lucky once it doesn't mean I'll strike lucky again it's like buying a scratch card and winning 100 quid it doesn't mean the next time you buy a scratch card you win 100 quid again you know you've got to look at the lower averages and try to get the best out of it now there's hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands and probably hundreds of thousands in your castle supporters all over the world with their own opinions and the, and the best teams and that, that, that the best 11 that they've got, and I've got mine written down, uh, and I'll go through it. And for one, I have Dubrav, uh, Dubravka in goal. I think he's one of the best, if not the best goalkeeper I've seen between the sticks at St. James's Park representing Newcastle. Um, from the current players we've got, I'd, I would play a 4-2-3-1. I'll have Manquillo at right back because we need some solidity in defence if we're going to have attacking. And the two centre-halves would be Fernandes and Clark. And I'd have done it at left back because I've never been able to understand the bad press he gets. 
He's a very, very consistent 7 out of 10. I think Supermax said the other night as well. He's the best defender in the club. But you put him in at number three, you know what you're getting. It allows others to roam forward and and, he, and he's, he's solid. He knows his role. And he's, there's not very many mistakes in him. He's comfortable with that position, either left side, centre-half or left-back. But in this formation, I've put him left-back. Then you need to have two holding if we're going to go 3-1, 4-2, 3-1. So it has to be Hayden plus plus one. And the one at the moment, the only one at the moment that could even be considered to me would be Matty Longstaff, who's got the legs because you need to be agile, you need to be mobile, you need to uh, have industry in that middle of the park and to help break down other attacks. And what we've seen is in the very, very few glimpses Newcastle have done this, and they did it on, what night was it, Saturday against Aston Villa, just on a couple of occasions, but it's, it's common sense and you get taught this. Well, I got taught this as a child in PE, Kenton School. If if you harass people, they'll make mistakes if you run at them. And when they did do that little press, you seen a couple of passes going astray now. And I think Hayden can be there to stay, statesman and help guide Matty Longstaff through that. The three, I think, I, I believe it's probably the most popular three that a lot of people have cried out for. Yet it's never been played through one reason or another, whether it's injury or dodgy trips to France or I just don't fancy playing these three together. I'd have Fraser one wing, ASM the other and Miggy in behind Callum Wilson and give them the licence to express themselves because in effect you've got six people behind them who are more than capable of defending. You've got Matty Longstaff that can do a bit ball carrying if necessary. Miggy could drop further to help out to be the point of the midfield three to help put numbers in there, help break things down. And we all know Miggy can carry the ball. Well, there's no point in him running fast with the ball getting forward he's got no one to pass it to. And uh, we've all seen he's got more shallow feet. You know, In other words, he hasn't got much strength in his shots. Well, that's probably because he's done that much running. He's got no energy left. You know, So if, if he's got a bit of support, get his head up and he can play this slip ball through and knock them wide. I think that's the foundation of a strong eleven. And, but that's yeah. just my opinion. Like I said, there's tens of thousands of Newcastle fans that would straight away, even now, I wouldn't have him. I'd play him. I would have him. But that's the beauty of it. But the, re- the reason I compose that team is because I believe it would work, and I, and I think it would it would win many games. It would get us in the top half if we could play that eleven consistently. So. Yeah. Question question to Spenny there. I, I, I will put it all, but question to Spenny there. Um, it. If you were, if we were to sack Bruce, and who would you replace him with? If there wasn't the takeover, I put it on Twitter. Actually, I think you've seen it done anyway. I would go for Duncan Ferguson if we could get him, because he'll just perk up that dressing room and get everybody well up for the games. Going back to what she was just saying about the team, I tend to agree with what Stan Collingwood put on Twitter today. He says, he put the tower team down there. He says, that's not a team that should be in relegation. That team should be in mid-table or going on the top of the table. Like the top half of the table. If it was coached right. And it's totally right what he says. If it was coached right. All we need is a good coaching. Fair enough, we've struggled a bit in the middle of the park, like Joe's just pointed out a bit there. We haven't got much of a playmaker. We've got creative players, we haven't got a playmaker. We need a playmaker. We haven't had a playmaker maybe since the Barton days or something like that sort of days. If, uh, 
and um, Bublé and all yeah. that. Goodbye, goodbye. Yes, but he was like he want. He was playing to be away. Him, if you ask me, he wasn't playing for the club, was he? No, but he had, he had the luxury of Giotti sitting behind him doing all the cleaning up and was comfortable yeah. with the ball and didn't throw it away as soon as he got it. He could yeah. handle the ball with two people around him. Yeah. But to me, Spenny, when you talk about the team, it's quite clear there's divisions within the squad. Yes. Oh, it clicks. Definitely. And going back to what Steve was ask, going to ask us as well about the fans being away. You know, Castle, Bruce has a job because there's no fans there. Simple as that. Mm. Correct. If the fans were there this season, he would have been out in October. He'll been out in all the way to where they were playing. That that's what happened. And it does make a difference. 48, 49,000 Geordies in the, that stadium against the away fans obviously make fifty two. But them shouting at that team and telling them team there's a man on. This this change it change the team, James the team. How we lads get behind the team? Keegan did it. Robson did it. And even Rapper did it. Rapper did it as well with the flags. Got the 12th man involved. We were the 12th man for the, the crowd's the 12th man. You don't fight against the crowd, you with the crowd. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Steve, just on to you there. It's, you know, it's, it's a bad turn of events for the club, but. You know, is, is there any shining light there? You know, what, what Stuart said there, you know, change the formation, change the, the personnel and change change something. Yeah. Well, we all we all think we should be changing the manager. That's that's the change that we think. But we also need a change of mindset among the players. We need the players need to be lifted. Um we'd you'd soon find out, and it, it, you usually get that bounce, don't you, when you change your manager. It's gonna go one or two ways. We saw it with Shearer, but it was too late. Uh with Rafa, it was too late, eight and ten games to go. We're now in January uh still, and there's plenty of games to play. So there's plenty of opportunity there for the for you know to get four wins, for example. You know, get four wins off the belt, you know, on and, and tucked into your belt and a couple of draws, and, and you're on you're on 30, 33 points. You've got two teams that are really struggling. That would really struggle to get to that level uh, in West Brom and Sheffield United, and you're really only fighting with Fulham and whoever drops in with you. You know whether that's a Brighton who suddenly hit hit a, an obstacle, or whether it's it, it's Fulham themselves, or whether it's us. But it's a change of management uh, is probably the is probably the boost that we needed. Thanks. Spending more hit it on the, spending you hit it on the head there, mate, when you said if if the takeover wasn't happening. Um, who would you get? And yeah, it was, that was a good call. It was a good shout that you came up with. Um, personally, if if there was no takeover and and Ashley was there for the foreseeable, and he was going to be investing money and he was going to be investing time into the football club again, which let's face it, it, it his investment that he's protecting, I'd go for I'd go to Europe. I'd go to Thomas Tuchel, uh, who got sacked at PSG. That's who I'd go for. Uh, the, the success rate that he had, um, both at PSG and before that in Germany, I think the man is uh, the man is probably as a coach um, up there with the top notch, um, and that's who that's who I would be looking for. I'd be looking for someone who can actually do something on the on the on the coaching side that that can that can is used to playing big with big stars, can handle big stars, um, has a personality of his own. But has a style of, of football that he would want to play. Um, 
listening to what to the team that that, that you pulled out there, Stu. Um, sounds on paper sounds a great team. I, I always think that that professional footballers should be able to adapt. So you, you should be able to get them in on a Monday morning and go right. We're playing Liverpool, so I'm going to play five at the back. I want to play a bit more expansive, but I want to be also protective. And then the following Monday, I should be able to call them in and go, we're playing Fulham. It's a 4-4-2 or a 4-3-3 because I'm looking at the opposition and I'm saying, right, well, they play with one wide man. I, I, I was lucky enough to, to spend some time with Rafa right at the very beginning of his of his uh, tenure at Newcastle. And, and he sat down with us and he and he talked to us about the, 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 the tactics he used. And we, he was asking us questions, what we thought was going on. And there was one particular game, it was a game against Brighton. And uh, he said, "What did you What did you think of 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 It was in Bemba at the time, um, and we said, "Well, we thought that he was pushing on in from defence into into the, the midfield at times. He's trying to carry the ball and he would lose it." And uh, he said, "Yeah, he says that 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 is a problem for me, but that's why I I also play Sunsu alongside him because I want him to drop behind, and that's why I'm playing." Playing dumb it because I know that he's got the pace. If the ball comes, if he loses the ball, um, and I'm also wary of their particular um, strength, which is quick on the break. So he's thought about the opposition. He's thought about his lineup. He's thought about how he's going to react and what the players are going to react if Mbemba goes on the wonder. Right. So his brains, his brains in gear because he's he's thinking this through. Roost is a I don't do tactics. You know, it's it's like another manager who was like that, but it worked for was Martin O'Neill. Martin O'Neill didn't do tactics. Martin O'Neill didn't didn't go to the training ground at any team that he played for until the Friday. He let all the training to be done by by the by his by his coaches. Like they did all the fitness, they did all that, and then he would turn up, and then on the Friday he would go onto the pitch and he would say, "Right, well, we're playing so and so. I've worked out this is what we're going to do." And of course, they've been working on routines and things like that. So he's, he's then, you know, he's then got them, got them lined up in, in the way that he wants, and they're going to play the style of football he wants. You know, there's another one with Bobby Robson. Bobby Robson, uh, he used to have a team meeting every Friday with his coaches, and it was to decide among his coaches who was going to be in the lineup on the Saturday. We all do it, yeah, to a greater or less extent. But so Bobby would go through every player with with the coaching staff, and that this was a story that related to me, where he'd go through every player, and the last player that he ever used to come to in the squad <laughs> was Shola Amiobi, right? So he would go through all the names, and you forget about Shola, and then someone of the coaching staff would say, "What about Shola?" And he'd go. Oh, Forgot about Shola, yeah, yeah. And then they'd have a little bit of conversation about Shola. And this particular coach who told us a story said, at quarter past one, half past one on a Friday, as Bobby was packing up, every Friday when we got out into the corridor, Bobby would be straight out and we would be packing all the stuff up. And we'd get there and purely by coincidence, every Friday, Shola would be walking down the corridor and Bobby would bump into him. And Bobby, by the time they got out, who... Quite honestly, I'd probably torn a strip off Shola in, in, in his mind um, during, during the team meeting. Would be there with his arm around him saying, see this lad, see this lad, play for England one day, this lad, play for England. Because he knew if he was going to be in his squad 
and get an opportunity to come on that the lad thought that the manager yeah. thought he was a great player and he I could do the goal for him when he got out. That's man management. Yeah, I'm not seeing any man management at Newcastle at the moment. I'm seeing, I'm seeing two Longstaffs brothers uh, being basically crucified. I'm, I'm seeing their confidence drain to the point where they, they are not the same players. I'm seeing Shelby wandering around the midfield like he did last night. I mean, there were situations last night in that game where Shelby people were walking past them. You know, I mean, I know they've got a, they had a, they've got a mobile midfield in terms of, of of Barkley and Grealish, and you know, no two players in the league can play one twos in the manner that they do and the speed that they, and the the way that they move the ball around. But our midfield must have known the player like that because you know the player like that. I know the player like that. Mm. Spenny knows the player like that. Stewie knows. And yet our manager, if he did know, didn't tell it to those players when they start doing this. This is how I want you to react. This is what I want you to do. Instead, it's just like, go out and see what you can do. And you end up with somebody like John Joe Shelby, who, when he stands there and he sees, sees Barkley on the ball or Grealish on the ball, he walks past them to try and run towards where the ball may end up. And he did it two or three times yesterday. That is points. absolute sin. Yeah, yeah, an absolute sin. You know? Sin. Going back, to the fans as well, Steve. Going back to the fans as well, being in the ground. I always remember Shirley Amiobi, Joey Barton, all them. You have like a moment of magic in your head, don't you, when you shout at them, tell them what to do. And they actually do it on the ground. Yeah. And you think, yeah. he's listen to me. You just get to the ground and shout Bruce out, Smitty. I'm going around, <laughs> mate. Next time, honestly, I was going to walk last night, but I'll take you. Tell you. Well, just, now, just, just to carry on from that, you talked about, look at the managers you mentioned yeah. there, Mourinho, Robson, yeah. Keegan, Martin O'Neill, Rafa. Yeah. Apart from ability, the whole and man management, which is essential, as we're talking about any, anything that's emotional, uh, when you're trying to achieve results, man management is essential. But they've all got enthusiasm. And enthusiasm is infectious. And... And just as bad as contagious it can be, the negativity, and it spreads. And you think, I don't, I don't even like this person. Why should I even bother trying? I'm going to get my salary anyway. And there's a question I wanted to ask all of you, but uh, I'll start with Steve H, because uh, I know he attends a lot. Is we know a good friend, Steve Wraith, when without the COVID, he's very, very good at promoting ex-players and having tokens, etc. And I went one with Mitch, uh, with Kevin Nolans, when you were there, Steve. Okay. And it, it was a sellout, you know. And I know, I know Steve's done a lot of other ones with a lot of players, etc. And I'm sure if there was one for like the entertainers, they, they would sell out constantly. The question I want to ask, if the answer isn't none, how many of this current team would get attract people to go to talking if they were there? 10 years' time, 15 years' time. And the only way I think anyone would go and watch them would be if they were going to get lifted, lifted like it was an expose. But the players get paid too much for that now. So, you know, they would just clear off and not bother. There's no affinity. And we're a dying breed. We're a generation. and There is a generation lost. But the, the younger ones watch the game now, they wouldn't put their hands in their pocket to go and watch, a, a, I don't know, a Fernandez talking or something like that. And he's been one of our more steady players. There's no, not just ambition, but there's no characters in the team. There's no leaders. There's no people there you can relate to. 
You know, and you think, yeah, I like him. We're talking about in the past people like Dave McCreary, a man who could, but he had an ability, but he knew what he's what he was good at, and he focused on that. And I still now see visions of him chasing back and doing those slide hook tackles. He'd probably get booked for them nowadays. But he became a cult hero, and people loved him for it. You know, because he gave 100% and he tried. These people, they're, they're not trying. And we can blame Bruce, but ultimately the professionals getting paid a considerable sum of money. They've got to have pride in their own performance because if they're going to get sold or they're out of contract, they've got to be trying to attract some money. You know, so... I end up doing a bit of a Stevie rant there. I started off with the, talking about the tokens, you know. The, the wrong question, the, 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 the around. They wouldn't get how much out of love the city is with the club at the moment. And that's the sad thing. Uh, it needs to get repaired. We could be in the world. Be a, like a Man City from years ago. This could be a Nottingham Forest. Dare, dare we say it, Sunderland? You know, there's, there's big clubs that have just Leeds did it for a long time out of the top flight, and they are a top flight flight club. And we're, we're going that we're, we're actually sleepwalking into the same thing. So we need characters, we need people to roll the sleeves up and say, yeah, even if we are going down, we're going down fighting, and there's no fight there. So that's that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, the question from Tom Dixon Where do you think our next win will come from? We'll go around Robin. You know what? I think if the next win's going to come anywhere, it's probably going to be when we play Crystal Palace. I can't, I, at the moment, I can't say other leads are, leads are in a strange, they're in a strange, probably false sense of security at the moment, but they're not pulling up trees. They're not getting the results that they were getting. Um, but if 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 we if we perform like we know some of those players can, there's nothing to stop us getting a result against Leeds. But when you saw the heads drop the other night, when you saw them drop last night, as those players were walking off the pitch, that tells me that that's a beaten squad. And the only way that we're going to pick up points is when somebody comes in, gives them a shake, gives them a lift. And gives the whole club a lift, yeah. and that that is going to be a change of manager. So, to answer yeah, someone's got to lift the players. Yeah, to answer his question, we'll probably get the next win when we get a new manager, and it'll be three-one. Two-one. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's the unfortunate truth of it all. Uh, just looking there on, uh, uh, I was it. Uh, how a question on how you know would he be a good Eddie on those? Uh, yeah, yeah, Eddie Howe. Uh, opinion on Eddie Howe done really well at oh, warmth on the tight budget. Uh, criteria needed working under Mike Ashley. W would it be a shoe in for the job? I wouldn't have him in, not as a shirt short term. He's a long term project manager, he needs to be in a long time to get his project through. You kind of do it now when we're near the bottom of the league. We need someone who can boost the club up and get them up the table. Like he was, if we were in the middle of the table, yes, 
and like all right, sufficient points. But I, Eddie Howe was supposed to be aiming for the Arsenal job. Well, I heard the next Arsenal manager. So I don't know. Yeah, that's my opinion. Anyway, we've had a, we've, yeah, we've had a lot of noise about Rafa Benitez left um, Dalian Pro over over the week. Uh, could, could he potentially come back, or is it just a no go on the Mike Ashley, or do we need the takeover to go through first? We need the takeover, don't we? Because Rafa won't go back with Ashley. He won't work with Ashley anymore. Definitely not. Why are we getting another coaching for? You know what I mean? If he can do the job, he's got another four coaches. Why do you need another coaching for? I can't get my head around that either. Doesn't make sense. Uh, Unless he's being requested by someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the the Rafa situation is an interesting one. Um, Would he come back? If he had the assurances that he was looking for when he left, why not? That's what I would say. He left because he wasn't getting the assurances and felt as though he wasn't getting. If it, if he if he came back, if he if he was given a contract by Ashley that gave him the assurances he was looking for that were cast iron, then I think that he would. The question is, would Ashley give him those cast iron assurances? Because we've seen it before. Because if you remember the cast iron insurances that were given and the cell that was given to Kevin Keegan when he took over, and they quickly went out the window when Dennis Wise arrived. Yeah. You know, so yet, yet these guys are shrewd now. These managers are shrewd. These, these, these managers know what Mike Ashley's about. The game knows what Mike Ashley's about. You know, so. This is this is where the struggle quite possibly was when they ended up having to have eleven choice Steve Bruce. You know? Is if, it, if, is if, why, why do you think he's not sucked yeah. Steve? Is it because Sorry? of what happened with Kagan, do you reckon? Uh, no, I think that I think like all these non-footballing people think or, or get convinced by the by the person who's running the club, running the team, Bruce, they get convinced that in his words, he can get what out of this hole. This is a blip, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Have confidence in me, and they do. They, you know, they, they, you know, they build a relationship up with a manager, and they do get confidence. You know, they, 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 the one thing as Stewie mentioned about sales. Tell you what, Brucey must be an excellent salesman when he gets into that boardroom, Stu, because he's convinced yeah. to keep him in a job. You know, yeah, but he's talking so, um, to a non-football person, Steve. <laughs> yeah, hey, lady, that's the difference. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, the what, 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 what's he going to lose? He's going to, he's starting to lose. I mean, if if the takeover is still on, he's starting to lose potentially three hundred and twenty million pound investment. You know, um, because that's what he would be walking away from. Um, if he like the rumour says about the shops going on in Saudi Arabia in the deal as well, we don't know for certain. Well, yeah, you don't have to know. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things. I mean, we're just we're. All we know is what we pick up in the press, what we what we put into our own words, or what we hear on on various great vines, you know. And and we and we run with that. And this support as, you know, we we're either a glass half full or a glass half empty. At the moment, if you're a glass half full man, when it comes to takeover, then you can guarantee that the glass half empty people are going to shoot you down in flames. And it would appear that that also happens in some quarters. When the glass half empty people uh, 
voice their opinion and the glass half full ones have a pop at them. You know, we're, we're fight among ourselves. We're, we, you know, we we all have opinions, but sometimes you, you need to, we need to temper our temper our approach and and think of and and just listen to what other people have to say and allow their allow their views to be heard just as much as our views are heard. You know. Um, and yeah. and treat everybody with decency, but unfortunately, we were in a situation where that's not happening, um, and we're getting angry and angrier and angrier of what we're seeing on the football pitch, and that's not helping. Um, and, and, and no matter how long we we carry on talking on this show, the one thing that we're all agreed with is it needs a new manager, and I think that's right across the board. When they talk about the 99.7% who want to take over, it's probably the same 99.7% who want a new manager, right. you know, because we can see yeah. the benefits of, of, a, of new ownership, but we can also see the benefits of a new manager because we can see the pitfalls if it doesn't happen. Why Ashley's not doing that and whether it changes this week, whether it changes. I mean, we've got a game on Tuesday night, isn't it? Uh, 8.15 kickoff yeah. um, at home. And if, if we lose that one, I think he's I think he's gone, to be perfectly honest. I think he's gone. I think I think change has to happen. And I think change will happen if that if that, that is where we are on, on, on Tuesday at half past ten. Like someone said, good players don't change overnight. But the bad players, good players don't change the bad players overnight. It's yeah. a way they get an arm round them saying, "Come on, son, you can do better than that." Or something like that. Obviously, he's, he's one just going saying, "What do you want to for a pint at the bar?" Isn't he? This <laughs> bar over a period of time is probably what you refer to as a work in progress. Mm. And it's just he's yeah. got it the wrong way around. Well, we're talking about managers and new managers. And for me, for one, I think Eddie Howe, I think he could do a job to the end of the season. But again, it's all about opinions. I think he'd be a breath of fresh air. Uh, he's young, he's innovative, he's going to have no money to spend, so he's going to work with the players he's got. But I believe he can do enough to get head and create a bit of team unity. And when we, when something that Steve was talking about when he's on about managers in the past, it made me think back when. Jim Smith got announced as manager. It was a huge statement, wasn't it? It was like a really big thing. Was was saying Jim Smith as our manager, Baldy. and it was it was a statement, wasn't it? But when Bruce got announced, it was really underwhelming. And when you take into consideration the look at other managers who had teams the lowest, well, the lowest we have been when we nearly got relegated to the old third division when with the Aussies Egan took over. But even then. He had a formation. He had belief in his in his plan, his tactics, and said, "This is going to play the time, and we're going to do it." And he made those men good enough, and invariably they weren't. Invariably they they were just too young at a time, but they tried. And although, yeah, you could boot a game and stuff like that. I tell you what, the fans were united. We're all behind the cause. There was none of this infighting. These huge divisions. But what I am concerned about, this is the biggest concern I've got about a new manager and the takeover, and I haven't said it to any of you, is what my biggest fear is we get a, a new breed of supporters. And what, that, what happened when after the Sir John Hall and the Keegan years, a new breed of supporters that put someone like Bobby Robson pounded about the club because they hadn't won for two or three games. 
And mm. these are the fans' problems. These are the fans that have problems now. The fans sitting around this in front of me are fans that have been there through thick and thin and thinner and thinner. And this is the worst I've seen in Newcastle United as a club. It's a sorry state of affairs. It's an excuse of a club. And if you look at the Sheffield United game, that is the worst performance I've seen from any Newcastle United in going to watch them physically for nearly 40 years. It was the worst in a few words, inept, lacklustre, pathetic. There was no effort, there was no fight, there was no desire. All these prerequisites that should be involved with anything. Prior to the performance, there was nothing. And against a team that had two points. I know we all laughed before the game that they had, you know, the Sheffield United were favourite with the boogies and stuff. These are the you know, the players should have just walked off there and then and said, what are you talking about? You know, and there should have been a, a revolt there and then, or straight after that game, they should have said, we cannot play like this. And the senior ones, instead of trying to influence the dressing room in a bad way, they should have got the chairman and said, this is not working. But they're, they're not. They don't care. And that's the difference. All Every team I've watched, the players have cared, or at least some of them have. And I think there's only, they keep us hidden. Wilson, and I think it's a crack and centre forward. When was the last time he managed to get good service into the box or touched the ball more than once? He's feeding off, like not it. even scraps. He's feeding off scraps from scraps. And he's got to be disheartened. But if you, if you add Almiron into that, there's not many that can hold their hands up and say, I'm going to pass. And I'm trying my best every. And that includes your yeah, Alan St. Maximins and, and everything else. You know, there's a there's a nucleus of a really good team there, a really good squad, but they need to have belief and they need to get managed properly. Hello, <laughs> Mrs. H. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, Mrs. Mrs. H. Hello, don't forget me bed. Make me better when I come up for the drink. <laughs> Put extra blanket in the wardrobe. I'll come round as well. <laughs> Put anything in the wardrobe. <laughs> Funny you could say that, Stu. You mentioned like, there was a couple of things there you could string together. I mean, you mentioned Jim Smith, um, and you're right. I mean, the thing with when Ardiles took over, what what Ardiles was lacking was a leader among those players. He had a lot of young players, um, and there were you know there were, there were four threes. You know that were we're getting four beating four three stuff like that. But when Keegan took over mm -hmm. after that. He went out and he he, he realised straight away that he needed he needed a rock he needed a leader he needed someone yeah, yeah. who could get him so he got Bill Klein, you know we we need if if somebody comes in tomorrow or on, on, before the end of the week they need to go out and they need to bring at least one player into that squad that can that has the personality that can shake them up and that's what a, that's what a new manager a new coach is going to have to bring with him he's going to have to bring somebody mm -hmm. like that. You know, uh, to get that, to get unless that manager has the charisma himself to be able to shake that 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 team up. I remember, you, you, as I say, you talk about Jim Smith and John Anderson tells a great story at the talkings about when he was playing for Newcastle and and Jim Smith tried to sell him to Sunderland, and um, he said he went, he, he he felt obliged to go and and speak to Dennis Smith, who was the manager at the time. Uh, purely out of courtesy, but he had no intention of, of signing for Sunderland. He said, you know, how could he? Um, he said, so he, anyway, he came back and, of course, Jim Smith had already agreed the deal. 
So Jim Smith said as he was walking up, Jim Smith was walking down the steps at the old Melbourne as, as Ando walked in, and he's thinking Ando's just come for his boots and he's come for to sign on the dotted line and, and get the paperwork sorted. And he went there. Uh, his first words were, well, thanks very much, mate, son. You've been a fantastic player for us. You've been an absolute star. You're an ultra professional, and I hope everything goes really well for you. At which point, uh, Ando turned around and said, oh, I'm not going. At which point his attitude completely changed. He called them all the names under the sun and then told him he would never, ever play for Newcastle again. <laughs> so Ando went on the phone, straight on the phone to to uh, John Gibson and said, Gibbo, they're trying to sell us. He says, what? He goes, they're trying to sell us. They're trying to sell us to Sunderland. And and Gibbo's, and, and this is, gives you an idea of the, the power of the press at the time. Gibbo rang, Gibbo said, leave it with me. And he he rang the, the chairman of the club up and he goes, what are you playing at? Trying to sell Anderson to Sunderland. It's ridiculous. Three days later, Smith got the sack. <laughs> I've got a hell of a story about Jim Smith. Like, you remember the playoff semis against yeah. Sunderland? Yeah. Well, I was one of the ones that ran on the pitch. My me best too. mate was bald, you know. <laughs> bald as me. So we ran past, ran on the pitch towards the Sunderland fans. And I saw me, I saw, I thought it was me, mate, in front of me with a bald head, so I stopped across the head like that. Then I turned around and just <laughs> was fucking Jim Smith. Bloody hell. Bald eagle. I believe he didn't do a Brian Club on us. Remember Brian Club? That's right, he did, I. Yeah, he did. I'm sure Stuart's got some interesting ones as well. Well, there's, there's plenty of. Yeah, I was at the same game that. Well, we were all at that game, the the playoff one, where we, we should have went. How was it? No, you were on holiday, weren't you? I went on holiday. I left the ticket money for the final. Aye, because you thought we were going to Wembley. I'd be digs built. As you as you can see, I'm a lot younger than Spenny, so I wasn't uh, running the pitch assaulting people. You know, I was just a small lad, and I got carried <laughs> on with the. <laughs> I was six foot four when I was sport twelve, man. Yeah, no. no there's, there's, there's many things we can talk about. But there's something that you, you a question asked earlier about um, Rafa. I, I think he'd love to come back, but I don't think he'll work under the current manager we've got. Sorry, the chairman that we have. But how long is that going to be? This the case, you know. I, I think if we go back to First time round with uh, Miss Davley, she was interested with Rafa. You know, she was part of the plans, the schemes, and I just hope uh, against hope that there's something in it all. He's he's never walked away from a contract. He's I mean, it's, it's horrible to call COVID a convenient excuse, but it's everything happens for a reason. He's got time to spend with his family now. Uh, he's free. He's also sought after. So he can pick and choose. He doesn't have to take the first job going or write letters when you're in a job looking for another one like our current manager. Uh, and I, I really think he wants to build a legacy and I think he'd like the opportunity. So I just hope, against hope, that he gets the opportunity to do it. So for me, I could even have someone like Lee Clark. Where I know he gets uh, called up, but if... if if you can recall when Clark he first took it to management with Huddersfield and that, he had them playing cracking football. Yeah, I did like that. And, and they played really well. And, and then, again, sometimes you can over-exceed people's expectations. 
And that's when you see a lot of uh, teams getting promoted from the Championship, the Premier League. Then they get sacked. You know, they shouldn't have been there in the first place. You know, they've massively overachieved to get there. And then uh, the non-football brains decide to sack them. And they go back down with under someone else. They blame that manager who got them up in the first place. And then they, they drift. You know, so that someone like Lee Clark, who, who can learn, uh, or even Eddie Howe, I don't know, I wouldn't imagine if it is the PIF takeover. I don't think a, a budget is the main concern. Someone learned anyhow with Rafa and director of football, more hands-on role, helping out with academies and things like that. That would be my dream, where he's involved with the team, but he's bringing someone on through in creating uh, like an uh, Anfield boot room scenario. But we can all pray and we can all hope and we can all wish, you know, and if my auntie had something else, she'd be my uncle, wouldn't she? So it'll all come out <laughs> soon enough. Very, very true. Uh, question there from Fanfields. Can someone explain how Bruce and Rafa keep getting dragged in comparisons? Is it like comparing yeah, Bruce, Bruce to Scott? Bruce keeps comparing them. No, yeah. yeah someone, uh, Bruce and Rafa keep getting dragged in comparisons. Yeah. Yeah. It's because of the president. Bruce does the comparisons, but we also had a section of fans early in the season, and at the end of last season, that also wanted to make the comparisons. But they wanted to make the comparisons on an anti anti Rafa pro Bruce uh, stance, and and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a it's a game of opinions. But what tends to happen is in situations like this, people become entrenched, don't they? And then the conversation moves on, and then it becomes the only conversation. You know that that that. It entails as soon as you get a victory or as soon as you get a defeat, the, the comparisons come from the from the entrenched camps. And I think that's I think there's a lot of it that, and I think a lot of it also within the press, because let's face it, it, it creates column inches, it creates hits on online newspapers. Um and we're all part of a we're all part of a game anyway, a game that gets played out in the media uh, to a greater or a lesser extent. And uh you know, one week a press man can be very, very pro-Bruce. The next moment he can be very anti-Bruce. And that just usually equates to how the results are going and how his editor or his team are looking for the hits at that particular time. So go out. You know, some people get told to go out and write a report on X, write a report on that. Go and produce that. And then you have other figures who are not necessarily part of the football uh, establishment who also dip that dip their toes into it every now and again, and then you get the national press who know absolutely nothing about what goes on at Newcastle United, know nothing about the city, know nothing about the culture, know nothing about the fans, know nothing about what goes on in our heads, and what and what we are really really about, uh, and convinces themselves very very stupidly that we're some sort of bunch of glory hunters who are demanding that we we'll win the Champions League, and they're right like that, and. But since COVID started, we've had more and more of these people on the press, more and more of these people on TV who have come out because Sky TV are desperate because people are, are, are just coming on like we're doing now. But we're getting we're getting ex-players and we're getting uh, footballers from lower down divisions and they're all coming on with an opinion and they're all ex-players and they're all looking for a payday. They're all looking for the cash. They're all getting paid for doing it and they're shouting their mouth off and then... They're doing it so that the ratings go up, so that they'll get invited back on again. And we're part of that game. You know, we're not we're not silly. We know we're part of that game. Um, it's how we react 
when, when we're part of that game that it's the big thing. You know, do we bite all the time? Or should we just laugh and move on? If we all laughed and moved on, then you know the the, the online hits would disappear. The the reactions and the, the the momentum that the press are trying to develop um, would go. It would fade away, and you wouldn't see these people. You know, Chris Sutton and Robbie Savage's six oh six program that relies on your Cash United fans. It would just die a death. You know, <laughs> because if they haven't got us to criticise and to start a praise, we wouldn't ring up. You know. Yeah. Uh, just a question there from Keith. Uh, lads, do you think Nigel Pearson could do a good job at NUFC short term? Uh, he kept Leicester up the season before and won the league. Uh, they won the league and after, but then uh, went on to keep Watford up uh, before keeping getting sacked last year. I think it would be a good appointment, honestly, in, in the short term. Uh, I don't know what you guys think. I think he'll be all right, yes, because he doesn't take any shit. But he shouldn't have ever been sacked for Leicester, like, when he got them stayed, stayed up that season. Ben Rary come in, made a couple of signs, and then what does the team there come out with? That's our benchmark, that. It's possible. That's the frustration being a Newcastle fan. You don't need to spend millions and millions. You just need the right coach, the right manager, to boot the to do that team. Leicester was the benchmark for us for the money that Ashley's putting in. It can be done. I think yeah. also yeah. with Pearson now, he's proved himself by keeping Leicester up. Yeah. Last year, Watford got relegated, but he got sacked three games, I think it was, before the end of the season and they were out of the relegation. Two games, was it? They were out of the relegation zone at that time. He, he managed to do a Houdini trick, didn't he, to, to get them in that position then got sacked. I think now he's, he's put himself in a stronger He's in the position of strength, you know, and you could say, yeah, I'll come and do it, but I want a two-year contract. I don't want a contract at the end of the season. You know, I mean, I'm sure financially he's comfortable, but he, he loves the game. But I think we're all fully aware that of the, of the downfall or the pitfall, sorry, that go with working under Mike Ashley in this current regime. You know, so anyone would have to say, but this is where we've come to. You know, when we're in a position of, Watching some of the best teams England have, well, best league teams England have produced over the last 34 years to hope that Nigel Pearson will come in and salvage our season. And, you know, it's, it's just a sad state of the position that Mike Ashley's dragged us into. And let's not forget, we can all blame Bruce, but he's the man that's put us there. Yes, he wants to sell us, but he's had a long time to sell us. It's like a clutch so, of managers, Joe, isn't it? It's like a clutch of managers yeah. to stop, don't get out a job on the end of the season. And just don't have a job at the beginning of the season, and just hang on and wait there till you're yeah. in, in trouble, like Allardyce and all them, and just come in I was and just speaking to me, Dad, yesterday afternoon, Spenny, and he, he was he was saying something similar. He says there's a group of players, group of managers, like you've just mentioned, there's like a merry-go-round, like you've got your Allardyces, your Warnocks, you know, and, and Pearson, I believe, for the policies, but the Pearson, I believe, he thinks he's better than them, and what he's done mm -hmm. shows he's better than them, and I, and I think. In his own mind, he deserves. He feels he deserves more recognition. You know, he's not there to just go in and, and salvage something. If I can, if you know, his simple pitch would be: if I can do that over fifteen games and get you X amount of points, what can I do if you trouble the games? Give me a contract. And no one, because of the potential takeover, Ashley's not in a position to give anyone a two or three year contract without certain assurances from different places. 
So to actually get someone to come in and, and take the job from Bruce, you need someone who's, to me, has an association with the club. I know Pearson worked here, but I mean, a, a real affiliation. And this is where we go back to Lee Clark again. Mm. Someone that will come in and, and someone, someone to come in and help him even, you know, and just, I've got to get instant respect and have, have the players believe in what they're saying and get them performing again. Because the can't under this manager, it's it's went too far, you know. It's it's like when you're at school and you've broke up with a girl, but you still think you love her and you keep chasing after, her and you end up making a fool of yourself. And Bruce is making a fool of himself now, but more importantly, he's making a fool out of us. And we're lucky because once they've all gone, we'll still have our club. Does it matter what division we'll be in? We'll all still support Newcastle, but we'll actually have his three hundred plus million. I think Newcastle. I think Man Country Newcastle. You've got to be a figurehead. Like you can be a figurehead and a, the brilliant coaching staff behind you. That's what you need. You look at Soyskar. Used to be at Man United. Is it Man United now? Before that, he was shit. He was crap at Norway, wherever he was. When he managed there, he's gone yeah. to Man United. He's got the right coaching staff behind him and all that. Now he's making a bit of a success now, isn't he? So Clay yeah. Clark could do the same as that, really, couldn't he? If that's the right yeah. thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Say, well, I don't know what you think, Steve. Yeah, I mean, it's Pearson. I mean, yeah, he was he was here back in. Did, did he did he take over as caretaker after Glen Roder got the sack? Yes, um, it was Glen Roder, wasn't it? Yeah, it, was was Robson. it wasn't. Yeah, was he also caretaker yeah. when Robson got the sack, or was it when was it when Sooners got the sack? I cannot remember. Allardyce. 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 So Allardyce. And then it could have been Roda. I know he was there. He, you know, he was in the... So he, he knows the club. Um, he also he, knows the chairman, Steve. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I, actually, I think the chairman at the time, I think, I think, uh, yes, he, he'll know, he'll know Charlie because Charlie's been there, as Stevie Wraith described him as the tea boy. Uh, he's been there oh, for an awful long time, you know? Um but he, 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 I'm pretty sure he wasn't around. Uh, I'm trying to think now. I, 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 it's, it's gone out the top of my head. But getting back to back to Pearson, yes, he, 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 he could be that sort of caretaker. But like you say, it's finding someone who's willing to come in as a caretaker, yeah. as a short term. You're coming in for six months. You're coming in at the end of the season. Your task is to do that, and that is it. You know, we'll then reappraise at the end of the season, and that reappraisal comes because the takeover either happens or doesn't happen. And then you need to start to look long-term. And I think this is probably part of the predicament that, that John Lee and, and Ashley and Justin Barnes are finding themselves in at the moment um, in terms of what to do. And a name that's never been thrown into the hat, but like <laughs> I would say, again, under the cloud that he, that he left the castle, uh, would be Joey Barton. You know, there's mm. there's a player who could G up a changing room, sure. uh, whether whether it's the boxing that you want in the fights and and everything, because you know where it would end up. But uh, there's an opportunity for someone to prove himself over a short term period. I'm not saying that he's the man. I'm just I'm just throwing out names here. Yeah. I mean, I've already said if if the takeover's not happening, it would be Thomas Tuchel for me. Um, that type of of. Do you think he would come, Steve? You know what? I think anyone would come if they were if they were offered. You know, if if their if their bid that they were putting in, um, you know, they've laid their cards on the table. If that was acceptable to the owner, I think they would. You know, um, you, 
there are other big there are other big clubs going to be looking for managers soon. Chelsea are going to be looking for a manager soon, aren't they? You know, Lampard yeah. looks like his days are numbered, and that and that's why I think you know you go for a Thomas Tuchel before Chelsea nab him. You know, yeah. um, you, the, the why why did why did Chelsea take Lampard with very very little experience one year at Derby? You know, mm. with the grooming him for that particular situation, and now he's struggling and he spent two hundred odd million pound. You know. Um, Bruce spent oh, what, 110 million pound, you know, and and look at the way that's gone. Um, but the whole the whole situation at Newcastle is just a mess. We don't know who, we don't know who buys the players. Um, we don't we don't know who's responsible for for identifying those players. And at times we don't know who's responsible for selecting them, because you know you know how many people think that Joe Linton is is names on the team sheet purely because it's in his contract, you know. Uh, that's the, that's the crazy world that we're now living in, you know that uh, that it's it's just shambolic. It's it really is, you know. I was convinced it was in his contract for a long time until earlier this season he didn't play a game. But when you talk about the like the Twitter people and the glass half full, the last season there was a growing camp of people trying to justify Joe Linton with any stat you could find, you know, to say he was a good player. They've quietened them, you know, and I don't mean that in a negative or aggressive or confrontational way. But I think the general consensus is now he's he's not a good player or he's not a player that's going to help us in the predicament we're in. And we can't keep excusing someone and trying to find the positions for him. Let's play him there, let's play him there, let's play him there. And at the end of the day, if you're a left winger, you can play a centre forward, but not, not to the effect of a good centre forward. And if you're a centre forward, Whatever, but he's he hasn't got the heart, you know. He, he's he's like an expensive shoulder, you know. And, uh, I wish I could, you know. There was, there was a saying that these people, uh, the lad that used to work with, used to say out oh, there yeah, when he tried to control the ball. I wish I could go as far as me holidays, you know. <laughs> there's there's no confidence in him, and there's no belief, and it's but he's. I don't blame him personally for his lack of ability, you know. That that is us for signing him, but there's. Him, he epitomises a lot of young players these days where they get too much money too soon, and he's not bothered. He's got no affinity in Newcastle. The way he looks is, I'll, I'll sit in the bench, I'll, I'll sit in the stands, or I'll jog about the pitch, and that's the difference we've got to make. As I said, we better off said to us when we were watching the game was it last night with the Sheffield United game, and, and it's, really she doesn't watch football. I make her watch it, so she still doesn't watch football. But uh, that's just. She says, to take the piss out of me. Yeah, yeah but, uh, <laughs> she says she, she actually said, "Why do the why the, why do the players just walk or jog now?" When Rafa was manager, they used to all run around, and his energy. You know that there's just like in belief and and having a plan and getting told what to do. Hello, Lee, how are you? I'm good, thank you. But here's the next one. Now we've got this one. <laughs> no, but the, the big difference was that we're talking, we've covered lots of things, but the formations and stuff, the players knew if they didn't perform for certain managers, and even that happens now. Mourinho, look what he's done to uh, Deli Alley and people like that. I'm the boss, this is the way I'm playing, and if you're not playing, you're out. If you're not going to do it. So that's how we do it my way. How we do it. Not like after 18 months, I'm going to do it my way, and then, well, Whose way were you doing it before all of that? It, you know, it's some of the things he's come out with are ludicrous, and he's he's hanging himself by the day to a point where I think 
either the taker was very, very close and he knows he's going out, or he's doing enough to get sacked just to get paid off and say, look, I did try and look at how horrible Newcastle is, the circumstances I had to work under. But you've, you've got to have people who want to try. And if you've got a, a lassie from the Philippines who doesn't really watch football, who can point to you and say they ran hard under Rafa, but they're not running now, that's, these are just your basics. You know, you get, out of, get out of the life what you put in with. You get out of a match what you put in with. You know, it balances itself out over the season. There's, a, there's something I put on Twitter, I think it was this morning, saying, like, we're skydiving without a parachute <laughs> at the moment. You know, it's not even a free fall, but it's skydiving without a parachute. And we need help. And if the, if the man in charge at the moment, as in Mike Ashley, doesn't realise that, then he's going to lose a hell of a lot more than us. And he, he'll just have to walk away and give it away for the pittance. And we'll all be back and we will get our club back. And we all pray for that day. So I think that's me done on me over time. I just, <laughs> yeah. I just want to put a thought in your heads. What would the team be like if we yeah. had 100, if Ravel was in charge and he had 100 million quid to spend? Well, he actually said, wasn't it, that uh, Joe Lennon wasn't even worth 20 million? Yeah, yeah. So, all horses, of course, it's the horse is already bolted, really, isn't it? So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to cut it off there. Uh, thanks, Stuart, Steve, and Spenny for being on. Uh, if you want to plug your your Twitters and the food bank for you there, Steve, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a we've got a new uh, a new situation going on with the food bank. We've got uh, a little bucket online bucket. Uh, on a website and you can just click on the bucket and make your make your match donation you know your match day donation that you used to have you can now do it by pressing the online bucket which will immediately take you to a payment uh, and you can make an online payment um started on saturday and um, going really really well we're going to carry on doing that naturally uh, a nice simple and easy way for to reflect the fact that we're not on on uh, strawberry place anymore and I don't think we're going to be on Strawberry Place until at least the start of next season, if not longer. Uh, that's my own personal view. So because of that, uh, we created this uh, online bucket um, in, a, in, a, in a way of, of just being able to carry on and support the food bank with your £1, your £2, your £5, your £10, um, which is what we used to get on match days uh, quite regularly from the Castaneda fans, who, are, quite frankly, are the most generous fans in the world. Stuart, do you want to plug your Twitter handle? No, not really. <laughs> no, but one of the, the only thing I, I'd like to say is just, uh, people follow us. Don't have to that. That's <laughs> easy. No, but we have to sometimes remember we all want the same thing. Maybe we want it in different ways regarding Newcastle United. We all want a well-run, successful club. And even tonight we've just shown we've had different opinions on different managers and who would want and but as long as it's done respectfully and, you know, there's no need to be insulting people. I, I think if you want to have a little talk about Twitter, I would say if you're going to put something on, put it on as if you were speaking to someone in the bar and if they were in front of you. And if you if you wouldn't say it to the face, then don't write it down. Don't be a coward. Don't hide behind false names and all that. But let's just stick together because when we do stick together, as we've proven with the food bank, for the Man United game, when people were today to that, we are the best fan base in the world, and we are the envy of many fan bases. But at the moment, we're becoming a laughing stock, and we're pulling ourselves apart. 
doing it. We're, you know, we're eating ourselves by doing this. So a bit more unity and a bit more respect. And I think give give these people an idea of what they're buying as well when the take is over, how good we can be. Starts now. Yeah. Over to you, Spenny Mitt. Hey, I'm spending mag on the Twitter if you want to follow us. I talk a lot of shit sometimes, but sometimes I talk a bit of sense. It's been brilliant on this podcast because I look like the youngest person on here. <laughs> <laughs> you need to clean your screen then. <laughs> Go on. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Tom Brassens. Come on. Yeah. No problem. Thanks very much, lads. I've and been on this time, so got you on. Go back to you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, that was uh, a good show. Thanks very much, everyone, for being on the show. It was a nice surprise to me for the stage as well, which I didn't even know either. So, but that goes to show. Thanks very much for watching. Just to, to put on, uh, which I didn't do earlier i do apologize to my sponsors so i'm going to do them uh, halfway through but a uh, big shout out to and you'll see hotspot who was in the chat today uh makers of pin badges and uh and you'll see, uh, memorabilia as well uh, another shout out to bohi bubble hats who are makers of you know great uh, hats for you to all the way the match days when we all get back. So, uh, Arsenal, Man U, uh, uh, Newcastle, please pick them up. Please give them a like. Please give them a, a look. See, and we'll be back. Uh, just to also say, I have actually had some bad news uh, also over this week. Uh, my mum has been in hospital um, with a heart attack. Please. You know, my heart here. I've, I've done this off my back just to keep my, my head going. But, uh, thanks to the guys tonight. Um, and I'll also run my VT for my next part of my show, uh, who will be, which will also be in, invited on for um, my wife, Mrs. Number Nine Door. So if we can just have a look here, I'm not 100%. Anyway, thanks very much, guys, and we'll see you uh, next week. Never know, I might be actually in the northeast. We will see. Um, thanks very much. Good night. Good night, you're Reg. Peace.